DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by Green Roads. You know we're huge supporters of CBD, and as a consumer, you've got to find the product that works best for you. Green Roads hooked us up with some incredible products. We want to share our experience with you. They've got over 30,000 five-star reviews, including one from yours truly. You can use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase I've been taking the Relax Bears CBD gummies. They're absolutely delicious. They've got capsules for sleep. They've got oils. They've got soft gels. However you need your CBD, however you prefer to get it, you know it's non-psychoactive, helps with all kinds of stuff, helps me with anxiety, appetite, sleeping, relaxing, stress, all those kinds of things. You got to check them out today at greenroads.com and again use that promo code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off your entire purchase Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 for you first-time users to get 20% off and DNVR25 for second-time users to get 20% off, 25% off that entire purchase of the CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on today's episode, I review frame by frame the entire four-hour Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. No, I'm kidding. I'm don't don't run away. Don't run away. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I was Just, really getting pumped up for that. Can you imagine? The podcast would be longer than the actual film. Really, <laughs> right? Talk about it like that. Totally. Uh, I did enjoy the movie, but no, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk Rockies baseball since that's what's typically All on the right. docket for us on this show. Um, and unfortunately, Patrick, we do have to start with some bad news that we more or less knew was probably coming. It's it, It's been uh, confirmed here by the Colorado Rockies. It looks like Brendan Rodgers will not be missing just a week or two and be ready right around the start of the season. Looks like he's going to be out for about a month, which is a big, big bummer, maybe not the biggest of bummers for a guy who's experienced, you know, season-long injuries before. But, man, it, it sure does take the wind out of the sails of one of the most fun parts of, of being a Rockies fan right now. And as we know, there there aren't a lot of them. But he was having such a great spring. Uh, and for this to happen, we knew it was a possibility. It could be a little more intense than they were letting on at first. Uh, we hope it's just the one month. Rough news there. Opportunities for other guys. We'll see how that plays out, but uh, damn. Yeah, the, I guess the silver lining to start with, if we want to look more at the positives, is just that there was a bit of a roster crunch with you know a lot of capable guys at multiple positions. If you're going to carry all three of the, the first basemen battling in, in camp with Fuentes being able to move around, Jonathan Daza doesn't have any options. If you do want to have the ninth reliever, there's we know it, it's it's tight back there. And now, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to say for better or worse, because it is worse. Brendan Rodgers yeah. opens up another roster spot there on opening day in less than two weeks against the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
my home at Coors Field on April 1st. And so, yeah, because of that, we'll see what happens as far as uh, McMahon moving over to second base. We saw it in today's game against Cleveland at Goodyear. So that could be a, a strong indicator first day at the gate that you got McMahon over there at second base and Fuentes at third base. That is what you you could see. and Yeah, and Buddy gave a strong indication this morning. Uh, I, I didn't actually get in to ask my question, but I was able to, to listen in as I was waking up this morning because some of these spring training, just to let everybody know, they can happen a little early in the morning, but these press conferences. Uh, but I was listening in, and, and he, he gave a strong indication that that's going to be the setup. So, Patrick, for the first time in six years, on opening day, it will not be Nolan Arenado at third base. It'll be his cousin. It'll, it'll be the next closest thing that you can literally get to in the game of baseball. Maybe not in terms of talent, though. We're gonna. I mean, you've been you've been tooting the guy's horn defensively for a while. I think that was one of the things that we were, you know, sort of in a, in a small way frustrated about is just maybe not being able to see Fuentes' ability at third if the team was going to use him as a utility guy. If there's a silver lining to this at all, it's letting him do his thing over there and show the world what he can do. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I was uh, talking with my mother today about the situation, just kind of saying, all right, so what did the Rockies do this off season? Uh, not a lot. I said, she right. They did something bad though. Right. And said, yeah. yeah. They traded and she did the whole diatribe too. And she's in New Jersey. So it's not like she really is, is following along that closely, but they traded the franchise's best third baseman in Nolan Arenado, one of the best in the game. And I'm like, all right, who did somebody put you up to this? She, she nailed it. And I said, okay, now do you know that he has family on the team? And she wasn't aware. Uh, again, she's outside of the, the state right. borders of Colorado. I right. think everyone now knows the relationship between Fuentes and Arenado. And so it really kind of made that point even more just miraculous of like, oh my gosh, the guy that's going to replace. Nolan Arenado at third base. The last seven opening days, mm-hmm. he's been there at third base on opening day, on home, at, on, on the road, home opener, everything. The first time since 2013, it'll be somebody other than Nolan Arenado. And who is it going to be? His cousin, Josh Fuentes. You you can't make that up. You, you, you can't make that up. You, you really can't. This is the stuff that sports just like, are you kidding me? That's great. And it puts him in an opportunity in a position to really do some some fantastic things. And actually, Wildly Innocent, I do not know the current location of Jonah Arnold. Do you, do you know where No, I don't know is? either. I want to say in 2019 he might not have played even. Yeah. So so definitely last year he wasn't on any alternate sites. But I want to say at, at, in 2019 he may have been kicking around with someone, but uh, I'd venture to say it, it, it the dream might be over for him. I don't know. I, I hope not. Maybe maybe Josh is going to give him that bit of inspiration and and again right. if if you're going to see this whole idea through and we can talk about you know uh, Brendan Rodgers a little bit more and, and what his future could hold because maybe he does go back in and that's the, that's the question is well what happens when he comes back so if we say McMahon at second Fuentes at third uh, it also mean maybe means a little bit more playing time for Chris Owings and Sam Hilliard and the reason I say Hilliard is because Hampson's going to maybe start a little bit more, maybe at second base. And then when he's, um, when he's not in center field, he'll be at second. And so Hilliard could get a few more starts. Owens maybe gets uh, another start per week. So that balances out a little bit, but what happens when Rogers comes back? 
will be the question because yeah. he's out a minimum of a month. So we know it could be longer than that. Yeah. We, the, we knew the, that uh, even at the time when they said a day to day, it could be longer. Well, it certainly could be longer than a month. And by the time he does get back, what if Fuentes does have a stronghold on third base and McMahon is as fine as he's normally been at second base defensively and is still hitting the cover off the ball offensively. And you say, Brendan, I, we might not have room for you right now. So, and, and by the way, my, my crack research team has let me know that Jonah was in fact released by the San Francisco giants. So he's currently a free agent. He's just, he's just out there looking for a job and who knows, you never know what can happen, but imagine Patrick, this team having a position player roster crunch, like having a, where, where being in a position in a month from now where, Folding Brendan Rodgers, who we had assumed a couple of weeks ago, was just give him the starting gig at second base and see what happens. Now the idea that putting him back under the team, and, and, and you're right, it's not, you need two guys to be going well for this to suddenly become a little bit of an issue. You, you need Fuentes and Hampson to kind of be clicked, maybe three, I guess, because you need Hilliard to have cemented himself a little bit in the outfield, because maybe you can move Hampson around if Hilliard hasn't done a thing. Hilliard hit a home run today on a curveball that was going to hit the dirt if he hadn't hit it out of the ballpark. These guys are all trying to prove themselves, you know? And, and so you're right. Like I could totally see a situation where a month into this thing, Fuentes has already made Rockies fans go, we want him at third forever. You know how short-sighted we all are. We, you, you get in there, but he's doing the thing. And if the, if the bat is playing enough, it'll be exciting. McMahon, we all, we all know the potential there. And so then it's like, it comes down to Hilliard and Hampson. And if one of those two guys is playing well, all of a sudden getting Brendan Rogers back is like, well, well, what do we do? And it's amazing to think. And again, it, this isn't going to lead to a ton of wins because this is all about discovery. But if all of the discovery is going that positive for your team, that's spelling good things for 2022 and beyond, not this year, but that's a good thing. If when Brendan Rogers is healthy and ready to come back, the team is like, Oh man, where do we put this guy? <laughs> like that that's a pretty cool spot. So you you hope he comes back as soon as possible and you hope that the team's not just limping along until he can come back. Which with Hampson and 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 Rymack and these other guys in the mix, I I really don't think that they will be. This is again it it's it's a setback on that individual scale and we've talked about the two different scales, right? The team scale, which is typically measured in wins and losses and there's not going to be very many wins in the individual progress scale. And this one sucks because one of the two guys, Michaela's number two pick in the who's your dude draft, you know, is right. one of the guys we wanted to find the most out about. And now we have to wait longer to find out about him. And he does too. And, and everyone's frustrated by that. Michaela's down a dude. She's down, down one dude. Yeah. It's, it's really oh, Speaking of dudes, by the way, my dude, Right there, Dom Nunez with a big solo shot. Another home run for my dude. Looking good in spring. He's looking good. Yeah, a lot lot of offense coming from behind the dish. When Rodgers comes back, I mean, if you want to – I don't know what the best case scenario is if you were to draw it up. Say, okay, how do you want this to play out? Maybe, maybe this is how it plays out. McMahon and Fuentes doing great at second and third base collectively. McMahon an all-star, Fuentes in the gold glove conversation. Again, even after a month, I think Fuentes, because of his connection with Nolan Arenado, even if he wasn't related, I think the national media would 
pick yeah. up on a lot of his highlights. Like yeah. a highlight is a highlight. You don't need to know who, whose name's on the back of the jersey. So he's going to make those highlight type plays, and people are going to go, "Hey, remember the last third baseman who was there? Wow, this guy is just as good." defensively. I don't necessarily think they're going to say he's better, but he's just as good defensively. And so second base, third base, checking those boxes off. Maybe, uh, you know, Owings is just adequate. And so he's not the utility guy they were hoping for, which opens the door for Rogers to then become a utility player in that he moves around the diamond between second, third, and a little bit at short. So he's not brought back almost uh, in a starting role when he comes off the IL. He comes back and is just slowly worked in. And meanwhile, every time you don't see him starting a game at second or third, you know before the game, and even maybe after the game, he's taking ground balls at short because you know full well that Trevor Story is going to get traded before the deadline, and there your situation has worked its way out. McMahon That's at second, right. Fuentes at third, right. Brendan Rogers at shortstop, and you go, huh, this kind of worked itself out in a sense. Yeah, yeah, especially if you trade story, then it's just it, – then it's all wide open again. But I'm with you. Or if C.J. Crone isn't the guy at, at first base, then, you know, you've given him a month and it turns out, ah, maybe he's still too injured or he doesn't have anything left, whatever. You slide McMahon over, you put Rodgers in there, or whatever way you go about it. So, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities here. You, you don't want to see – Rogers go down like like you said at the beginning of this conversation it's it's a bad thing there's there's no you know for better or for worse this is just for worse but we're giving you the silver linings for other people here who may be able to take advantage of a little bit more playing time that they might be able to get so yeah it's like having a little extra Breck brew mm. yeah. yeah it's always nice to have a little bit of extra Breck brew I actually found this strawberry sky in the back of the fridge today thought i was out thought we had cleared that last 15 can sampler pack but boom there you find the strawberry sky in the back of the fridge and it's like it's a christmas any day you, you find breck brew uh it's just a good day that, 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 could, be, that could be a top five all time look what i found because i think we've all been there where you're you're feeling peckish you want a snack and you've already looked in the in the cabinet or the refrigerator if you're desperate maybe even the freezer for a snack and you already, you know what's in there and what isn't in there. Mm -hmm. And yet you go back that second or third time and you go, you know what? I did not notice that we had this thing in the back. And so you did it today with the Breck brew. I'm and saying. that's, that's phenomenal for me. My recent one in the year was I, I found a jar of peanut butter that I didn't oh, know was back yeah. there. I, I can, I can go raw on peanut butter. Yeah. Um, I have to be careful how I arrange my words. We need a in peanut that butter sentence. sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> but I can just go all straight just peanut butter, just it, it's fantastic. But you finding that Breck brew in the back, I mean, that's it's it's amazing. It's better than top five. But the universe owed me that because I haven't been able to find any of the Celsius. And so it at least owed me one extra strawberry sky until I'm able to find in one of these local stores here. I'm gonna have to go down to the big like liquor super store mm -hmm. here because they keep being sold out at the grocery store close to us. So milk and bread is back now after after the last little snowpocalypse we had they finally have restocked with the milk and the bread but the celsius the breck brew hard celsius not yet man not yet and it goes to show you where people's priorities are or just how fantastic uh the celsius taste in your cereal 
I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm jumping. <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm connecting the points in a real strange way. I'm not sure actually. You probably don't want to combine those two things. Two things that you do want to combine though is a little bit of holistic wellness stick, the holistic stick, and whatever drink you've got lying around. It's actually one of the best things we've got to offer in a long line of things for anyone who needs to become a member right now. When you sign up for an annual DNVR membership, not only do you get a free shirt of your choice from the DNVR locker, but you also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness, a CBD with 10 milligrams focused on recovery. All you do, pop the top off of that thing, pour it into any drink, stir it, and consume. They are amazing. There's no mess. It's really easy to figure out. Check out their reviews at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com better yet they're offering our listeners 30 percent off their first purchase using code dnvr30 get an annual membership free dnvr shirt and a holistic stick with coupon inside a banger of a deal we suggest using your dnvr30 code on the sampler pack that includes five sticks of cbd for recovery sleep stress beauty and digest you see what works for best for you it can work out for you for the long-term future. So head to the dnvr.com today, become a member of the family. We really do appreciate all of you. You get all the written content. You can hang out with us in the Discord channel. There's like a million things you get for becoming a member of the DNVR family. Not the least of which is you get to say, hey, yeah, I'm on the team. I'm on the DNVR team. I'm with those guys. Like, We love, and you we get, love all of you. Right, and if you're on the team, you get access to us because we're talking in Discord. And today, I mean, it's... It's a little bit ridiculous with all the, the March Madness. Are we allowed to say March Madness? The four quarters of the four uh, quarters what, of craziness? This month of of insanity. Yeah. Basketball college, wildness. Yeah. College pumpkin wildness. Correct. Right? Isn't that what they call the basketball? The, the leather pumpkin? The leather pumpkin? Uh, Is that Le- Liz, no. Liz Lemon did that on a a 40 rock. Uh, 40 rock? 40 yeah, rock. 40, 30 rock. No. We're we're just getting old now. What? <laughs> it's forty rock if you're older, I think. <laughs> uh, Thirty rock, oh, and no. I, I was I always remember. Bring Goodman like, back a, on. We can start talking about vinyl and blockbuster again. That's a great nickname for a basketball, the leather pumpkin. Like they, that's it, not called that. It should be the leather pumpkin. They call it the really football. Should be. You know, the, what the pigskin. Oh, what's the nickname? Yeah, the pigskin is the football. Is does the baseball have a? It's the. It's, oh. There's not a nickname for a baseball, is there? I mean, sitting here the like midst, there's gotta get be. the heart of the hide. Uh, the hide. No, I, I feel like there's one dangling the out hide there. Maybe is the closest. Something with hide. There's one dangling out there. It's it's been a long week. It's Something it's Friday it here. Seems I know, right? It's just the end of the week. You can't be thinking of stuff off the top. But yeah, on, the, on in the Discord, we're going back and forth with the picks. People's brackets not officially been busted. I had at least one of my Sweet 16s already knocked out, but oh, brutal! That's, that's all right. Rawhide. Will's going with the rawhide. Uh, yeah, that sounds. I don't know. <laughs> Even Will's got the, the pill. question mark at the you end of it, which means pill? we know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Tossing the pill up on the bump. Tossing the pill. Okay, throwing tossing a pill. Up throwing darts bump. if you're, you know. Throwing darts. The darts. yellow hammer. Baseball, baseball yeah. may have them may have the most. Yeah, I think. Rudo yeah. is Rudo is explaining that to me once at a Colorado Eagles game. A bunch of different things like in the slot and whatever, and I'm like, right. I all right, I can figure out what they are almost by 
what's happening and what it's called. But in baseball, it can be a little bit. Hey, we got yeah. ducks on the pond. You're like ducks so on the pond. <laughs> is it timeout? And we got like pest control. What does animal? Con- is there? A- <laughs> Is there a waterway nearby? This is not good. That one, when the when they started calling the the puck the biscuit, I was confused for a little bit. But I've learned about the the you put the biscuit in the basket. That makes a certain amount of sense, I suppose. I mean, at that point, if you if you burn it that badly, where it's black like a puck, <laughs> it is not, no longer a biscuit. It was, then becomes a puck. So you know what? Maybe that analogy does work. Not but the back, best of worlds. Back to the uh, the albino. Uh-huh. Apple, as we call <laughs> the game yes. of of baseball. My my question to you is this: because we don't know how long Rogers is out, we also don't know if when he comes back, he might not necessarily miss a beat. And if he does, and oh man, you know, he came back end of April, May, he scrapped, and then for the final four months of the season. I mean, think about how long the baseball season is. I know, right? Last year we had two months, and now you go, all right, Rogers might be out for April, and. May he's struggling along to try to kind of reacclimate himself a little bit. He's having like his spring training 2.0. And then, oh, yeah, there's still four friggin' months after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So that still could happen. And if it does, maybe it doesn't affect their win-loss record. But, I mean, with, does this potentially knock down their uh, win total by a game, <laughs> two games? You know, th- this is – it's one of those things that's really hard to tell. I was thinking about this yeah. today, and I'm not I'm not ready to do the – you know, my not that it really matters for this year, but still the the right. official preseason predictions. But thinking about that, like sixty four and a half number where they're at, and my estimation of this team basically being a five hundred team until they moved Nolan Arenado, which obviously puts you under five hundred. My question is just by how much, and I don't think he was a fifteen win player, so sixty four seems a bit extreme for me, right? Um, where you can't do that same math with Brendan Rogers is you don't know how many wins he's worth, right? You don't know how many, it's all theoretical projection. And and it's like, I think he could have been a, a two or a three win player. And what does that actually translate to in, in, in physical wins, as opposed to just, you know, theoretical wins, but yeah, it's it's tough to say you're missing something you've never truly had, <laughs> and, they've, and they've never truly had Brendan Rodgers, but it, it certainly limits their potential if if they don't have him for a certain length of time, right? He's, he's one of the more talented young players, so it's just a tough question to answer. It probably knocks a win or two off if it's going that much longer, but it's probably negligible again because what we, what you're really talking about was a 75 win team that with a great performance from Rodgers could have been a 78 win team or a 79 win team and with no performance from Rodgers is a 74 or 73 win team so ultimately a bummer but yeah yeah it, it, it's not major it won't be major right now um for a month even like I guess even if it ends up being more like a month and a half and he he doesn't really hit the ground running until June. That's that's a third of the season, and yeah. So if he's if he has a three war season, I mean, going into this year, <laughs> if you said he's a three war player, you go, okay, let's go. Twenty four right. years yeah. old, his first full season. I mean, he is a rookie by many metrics. There are the the main one, maybe I don't know if it's <laughs> most important or not, but he's ineligible to win the rookie of the year award because he has um, 
been a part of a major league roster for over a year. Yeah. Has less than 50 at bats. So yeah. under that metric, he still is a rookie, but yeah, you sign, sign up for three wins above replacement. And even if he misses the first two months or the first third of the season, that's one win above a replacement player. Right. So you're, you're only losing that much. Right. So yeah. it, it's certainly not catastrophic. What it could open the door up to is if Senzatella doesn't come back, now you're saying, wow, now you're missing yeah. two of the you know, easily top 10 guys that you're counting on this season. Sure. Now you're testing that depth a little bit, and then that's where you really start to worry where that, that 100 loss season could be a lot closer than, than possible. So they, they really just – just have to be healthy. Like that's that's going to be a big, sure, big part of the rest of, of spring training yeah. right now. And, and like I said, for me, you know, it really was a, a 500 team that lost Nolan Arenado, who typically comes out as a six-win player. I think he's more of an eight-win player. Um, we don't we don't have time right this second. Long-time listeners of the show know all the difficulties with the the stats there, but basically, yeah, if you're an 81-win team and you knock six to eight wins off that, that's still not getting you to 64. Well, right? I was thinking like, about it. As I was saying it, I realized that an 81-win team does not accumulate 81 wins above replacement. That's Well, that's the so other that's thing, too. So that's to suggest right. a team right. of quadruple-A players is not a 500 mm-hmm. team. So really, a win above replacement, I mean, I, I would I imagine is worth actually more wins. Right. Than actually, but how much, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that there's there's a way to actually quantify it. I, I would imagine I've seen that. different articles and different studies uh-huh. that have that have tried to do that over the years because the original intention was to have it work exactly that way, where a sure. win really did accumulate to. If you're a 500 win team and uh, or an 81 win team, and you add a guy that's worth five wins, well, that's you know a five win player. That's a great player. He'll bump you up by that much. And but I I've always thought when they first unleashed it, I was like. Even at nine, I was like, if a superstar player over the course of 162 games is going to be more than plus nine games over the course of a year. And there's still a hot debate about that, you know, whether or not those elite players. And I've even thought about this in terms of like you think about the Nolan Arenado for Austin Gomber move, right? Like even if you get rid of everything else and you just boiled it all down to just those two things. And it's like every fifth day. Austin Gomber has way more impact on the outcome of any individual game than anybody's third baseman who hits three or maybe four times that game. We all know that the starting pitcher is the most important person that day. And then there's the four next days where they have zero impact on the game and the third baseman's still out there. So it's all really fascinating to me that we try to boil it down to these war numbers and, and figure out what is a guy really worth. And, and I'm with you. I, I tend to think that Nolan Arenado and, and some of the intangibles that come along with all those things is worth more than literally six to eight extra wins on your record. Um, but how much more? I don't know. 15 seems like a lot of extra games to lose because you don't have your third baseman, uh, no matter how good they are. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think there is a real way to necessarily quantify it because even if you say 
it's 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 hard because even if you go from a first place to a last place team, and you know the fifth place club in, in any division is is back thirty five games, there's probably a good shot, a good chance that the uh, the team that finishes in first, you know, their their guys, frankly, probably aren't even uh, thirty five wins better than They're your not, team if right. you add They're, those up, which right. is strange. As, I, as I'm saying, and I'm like, oh, they would clearly be a lot more. And I go, no, actually, it would be less than not 35. 35, right? And you would think that the best teams in baseball wouldn't have five to six negative war players on their team, but they do. You know, the, the, whoever wins the World Series every year, they've got at least five guys on their team that are negative war. And by the very concept of war, because I've had people say this to me over the Ian Desmond conversation right i said when it was cut him and you don't need to cut the guy and well he's got a negative 1.5 war which means you drag on your team you get rid of him your team gets better it's like no it actually doesn't work that way there's not an automatic replacement guy who's just going to step up and be a zero every team is made up of guys who are pluses and minuses Uh, even the best teams in the world and so you know, figuring out if those minuses are contributing in the right way is also an interesting science that I don't think we, we give enough time and, and, and thought to because we're so busy talking about how great Mike Trout's war is, which is like, sure. But like the guy who's a one war player, but it plays up versus the guy who's the one war player. And it, it like looks better than system. it really is. Yes, yes. And so the, it's like being so maybe, a system quarterback or something. Yeah, yeah. maybe the analogy, not analogy, but maybe uh, to make it um, down to earth, I guess, to a degree is, is if the Rockies said, you know what, we don't want to operate with any minor league affiliates this year. We just don't want to associate them. And there's a pandemic going on. And so we don't want our prospects to go and, and play at these places. Um, and so, again, Brendan Rodgers gets hurt, and now they need to bring up somebody else. And they go – well, also because we're not using affiliates, we can't actually bring up our minor league players. So we just have to sign somebody that's completely outside of baseball. So we're we're signing a uh, a replacement human being, like literally. Hey, this guy's athletic. <laughs> right. Like signing Tim Tebow, he's unaffiliated. Right. So you right. go, okay, he's the replacement. And you go, well, he's not. He's not very good. So yeah. it's it's all it's all relative. Now the you know the Rockies. That's that's why you know those non roster invites can be so important. Even if a guy like Connor Joe doesn't make the Rockies opening day roster, you are, and if not excited, you certainly feel a lot better about, you know, Hilliard or Tapia or Blackman going down on the IL and saying, Hey, wait a minute, we got this guy, Connor Joe up and maybe he is a quadruple A type player. Maybe he is a replacement level, but that's pretty good because if you don't have him now, maybe you're calling on Jamison Hanna and he's not ready yet. Or maybe you're going, uh, Zach Veen, you're an outfielder that's good, so let's call you up, and it's it's just not the right time and place right. to be doing that. So, yeah, you have to – that's why all of those levels are important, and those guys that that fill a role at, at Hartford and Fresno and Spokane, like all of those guys absolutely have a role, and maybe maybe it never comes to fruition and they get to play in the majors, but they they still have an important spot to to fill. And be be the replacement version of of that level, whatever it is. So, yeah. those guys are valuable, man. It's just it, they're important, and I think they get kind of lost in the conversation. Um, so, 
This game here, by the way, Rockies up now 7-3 in the bottom of the eighth as we're recording right this moment against Cleveland. John Gray's day is done. Five innings pitched, five hits given up, three earned runs, six strikeouts, uh, a home run surrendered. I think most of the damage came on that. I'd have to double-check, just sort of looking through it here. I was watching before we got on. Uh, Daniel Bard with a clean inning, Yancy Almonte with a – and mostly clean inning. He walked a guy, but other than that, no damage done with a strikeout. And Scott Oberg. So Bard, yeah. Almonte, and Oberg, no runs given up, just one walk between the three of them. Other than that, no base runners. And and even John Gray, you know, uh, has, that's the longest he's gone, gone this spring, the most he's really done. First time he's gone out there give, going five innings. Um, that's that's the kind of pitching, like right there, you know, you, you hope John can go six in a normal game or whatever, but five, six innings out of your starter, give up three runs or less, and then Bart Almonte-Oberg, that's a formula the Rockies are going to try to follow this season when they're stealing wins, and that may be their their path to surprising some people. I'm really glad to see Gray be able to go five innings already at this point. I mean, granted, it's it's where a lot of other guys have been able to do, but if, if you don't go out and, and get the outs that you need to in those early frames, you're not going to be able to really stretch yourself out. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, Cleveland, they, they got rid of Francisco Lindor and uh, made a couple other moves during this off season and seemed like they've gotten worse, but I'm not completely counting them out. I mean, we know that it's kind of the white Sox division and, and still the twins division, but I, I think their lineup is still sneaky good. And, and they rolled out their starters. Like they, they brought them, all out. Cesar Hernandez, Eddie Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Fran Moraes, Josh Naylor, who is a guy that I think the Rockies fans, if if they if they go watch some AL Remember Central, him? they're going to be glad that the Padres kind of got rid of him because I think he's a, a sneaky good hitter. So mm-hmm. yeah, against against the first team guys, like that's that's worth a lot, you know, because those stats can be really deceiving if if you look at a guy who's right. really ticketed for Double A and you say, hey, this guy's hitting three fifty. He's hitting 350 against other double A players. Sometimes, you know, in, in the seventh inning, there's a triple A guy in. Or if it, if you're talking about a Dodgers club, and then they've they've got a uh of the varsity team in there. So they still got major leaguers going in, in the seventh inning, let's say. But then there's gonna be other games um against you know some of the lesser teams like in Arizona. By the time the seventh inning rolls around, you could have double A and maybe even just some high A relievers right. in there. And you're kind of you're getting fat on uh, on some of those you know, lower level pitching, and so you you never really have a, a true gauge on how good a player is is doing because the the competition isn't balanced and they're working on different things. And I I think we've kind of hammered home that that point a lot this, this off season to know that. But for a pitcher, still regardless, to be able to go out there and, and get five innings here, about two weeks out from opening day is is really nice to see for John getting those six Ks. Um, you know, is really fantastic and and really keeping pace with the other innings leaders for the Rockies yeah. right now. It's my dude. He's your number one dude. That's, that's my dude. my my OG dude. Yeah, I I think he's in for a, a solid year 